The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another program, Afternoons with Mike, heard daily here on The Shepherd. And for I don't know what time it is now that he's been with me, I I love it when this guy calls in or when he's with me in the, you know, uh, sitting face to face, which we did earlier this year. Alex McFarland, Dr. Alex McFarland, I should say, is a, a specialist of culture. He speaks all over the country. He has uh, a, a great number of books that he's written. I think their number around 20 now or so. And he is also uh, a co-host of the Truth and Liberty TV broadcast. He is on the American Family Radio Network on over 200 stations. My goodness, I'm surprised he has time to talk with me, but I'm glad he's here. Alex, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you so much. It's great to be on. You, you're very gracious. and. Uh... I I really appreciate that you would have me. Well, it's always fun to talk with you. I, I am not kidding. We got to do our first face-to-face at the NRB in Orlando in May, and it's hard to believe now. That was a half a year ago, man. That's hard to believe. I know. Time just flies. And, uh, you know, it's funny you would mention NRB because uh, I was on the phone earlier this morning uh, making arrangements for the next NRB. and. Uh, Hey, I got to tell you, I'm I'm really excited about something, um, and I, I know this is probably not on our list of things to talk about, but I have the privilege of being on staff with a Christian college out in Colorado called Karis Bible College, right? Um, and I lead biblical worldview, and we've started a, a course. Well, actually, it's a, a degree track in biblical worldview and apologetics, and we've done a series of videos on a biblical worldview response to uh, human sexuality, racism, uh, you know, creation evolution, I mean, a lot of topics. Well, we did one, and it's been nominated for an award for Best Documentary. Oh, man. So I'm going to NRB next um, February, I think it is, going to Nashville, where I hope I get to see you. I'll be there, um, Lord willing. Yeah. Maybe the uh, biblical worldview documentary that we did on racism, we, we might win the the award for best documentary for um, ICVM. Part of NRB is this International Christian Visual Media Awards, and right. about five or six years ago, I'd, I'd written a book called the, the Twenty One Toughest Questions Your Kids Will Ask About God, and I, I was on the road speaking as I seem to always be. And I interviewed about 330 families with children ages 5 to 12. And my um, book and video five years ago won Best Curriculum for the Toughest Questions Your Kids Will Ask About God. And so to be part of something uh, nominated a second time was very special. So, well, uh, and, and I know, I happen to know that the competition there at the NRB, it's huge. This is the biggest conference of its type in the world. And to think that uh, you've had your now your second go nominated for that award, man, I'll be rooting for you. Well, God is good. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very special. Uh, the people that are in Christian radio, as you are, and Christian television, you know, I, I can say I've been to NRB a lot of times, and there's just a powerful presence of the Holy Spirit there. And you might be walking around, and this is kind of how Christian radio stations, Christian broadcasters, you know, plan for the next year. And um, you might see David Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. You might see um, Franklin Graham. You might see Jonathan Kahn who I'm going to be interviewing tonight, uh, but it's, it's really special. Haven't you uh, thought like when, when we're at NRB, I'm looking around, there's Erwin Lutzer and Josh (laughs) McDowell and, you know, the, the people that God is using in so many ways. I've thought, 
wow, Lord, here is so much opportunity for the gospel and stations throughout the world. And, you know, we might be living at a time where, to to a very large degree, the Great Commission will be fulfilled in our lifetime, perhaps. You know, I, I, I think it is very exciting. And, you know, what you said is so true about the fact that when you're there, I mean, the NRB is kind of like a, a, a global organization that feels like a small family. Because when we're all there, everyone that we love and those of us that are in radio and in local ways, like my program, is a regional program. But, you know, there are a lot of national guys that I get to interact like with you and Dave Zanotti and others that are national people and at the NRB. We all get to sit down, and we're we're just rubbing shoulders together, and that's so much fun, and I I just love it because you've got all the different uh, Christian organizations, like even the movies, the Christian TVs that are out there. Oh yeah, uh, yeah I mean yeah. Uh, Christian films, they are represented there. Authors are represent all of the broadcasters, and I would uh, I'd find myself standing right next to someone that I know and love and respect like Tony Evans. And, uh, oh my goodness, yes. yeah, so we, that's exactly what happened. I'm, I thought, holy cow, this is Tony Evans. And so I started talking with him and I, you know, we just carry on a conversation and that's what happens at the NRB. It's so much fun. Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, heaven is going to be like that. I mean, heaven is going to be a great reunion. And, uh, C.S. Lewis one time said that, wrote this, that, you know, how interesting are the saints and how boringly similar are all the sinners. Mm. And, and see, the, the world thinks that—now, the world would say religion, and we know it's not religion. It's a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. Which anybody, anybody can have. I just want to say to all the listeners— you you can begin a relationship with the Lord Jesus today. He's as close by as a prayer. But I've talked to people, debated, and it's amazing how, like, atheists or people that are serious about their secularism, they think they are free. And then we Christians are the ones that live, you know, this sheltered, boring, you know, monastic life. And it's so interesting that really it's the Christians who have the, the, the most fascinating life and journey. I mean, for, for one thing, I mean, we know what salvation is. We know the yeah. true and living God, and we know what's going to happen. Like, even as you and I are on the radio, there's war in the Middle East, and, you know, people are frantically speculating, does Iran have a nuclear bomb? What is China's role in this thing? What about Russia? And, um, you know, we've, we've had a fair amount of people call into our radio show uh, terrified. Yeah. It, it, you know, is the world about to blow up? What, what in the world is going to happen? And, um, you know, for, for we Christians, we have peace because we know, you know, John ten twenty eight says that we are secure in, in Christ's hands and nothing can pluck us out of his That's hands. That's exactly right. And, you know, back to C.S. Lewis's point, you know, it, it's the Christians that have pioneered scientific discoveries. It's the Christians that have created the world's most cherished pieces of art, literature, and music. It, it was the Christians that had the vision of human rights and built the United States of America. It's, it's the Christians that have gone into the third world countries and, uh, you know, while brushing away snakes and spiders have built roads and hospitals and Mm -hmm. dug wells and promoted literacy. And in the spirit of Matthew 25, it's been for 2000 years, the Christians that have given a cup of cold water to the world. Yep. And, NRB is kind of like a little fascinating um, harbinger to what heaven is going to be. Because I'll see, you know, people like, you know, friends like yourself or, you know, ministries, and they'll say, oh, my goodness, we we got the gospel into a previously unreached land. We've got scripture translated 
the Gospel of John is now in a previously unreached language group. And, yeah. um, you know, the, the people of the world, they think they're having a good time, but it's we Christians who are really, really living. Would you agree? I would completely agree with that. And, you know, I I think back to uh, the, these kinds of family reunions, and you mentioned that was a, that brought such a spark of joy in my heart when you said heaven will be like that, a, a great family reunion that will just happen to go on for all eternity. I mean, that is pretty amazing. And it it's hard to get our brain wrapped around it when you look at the condition of stuff in the world. But I think it is so important that while we are doing what we're called to do, sharing the love and the light of the gospel, while we're doing that, we are, we've got to also keep our eyes on the fact that we're sojourners in this world and a better one is yet to come. We're, we're not going to have these issues. It's not going to be like this at all. The, the Lord will be the light and we will be there, and we will see him as he is. Uh, We've got to keep our eyes on the the prize, and not just all of the work that we're called to do. We are called to do that, and there are times I know you must get tired. You're traveling all the time, speaking to colleges, challenging young people. I know you do this all the time, and, and yet I know that what revives you, my friend, is the fact that you've got your eye on the prize. Well, yeah. First uh, Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. Not in vain. Yeah, and so I I do take a lot of joy in that. I I tell you it you have to because of the fact that we are uh, we're out there doing what God has called us to do, and that's what you're doing. You've written a new book now. You mentioned the other book twenty. I think you said twenty five questions that every parent needs to know the, the tough ones for their kids. You've got one yeah. out now, a hundred Bible questions and answers for families. Now, boy, you talk about a group that needs to have some answers right now. That'd be moms and dads, because there's a lot uh, the enemy is just trying to stir up a mess. And we have to keep uh, our eyes on the gospel because that's where our answers are. Right. Exactly, exactly. We are so blessed. About two and a half years ago, we did a book, 100 Bible Questions and Answers, from the the first 10 years of exploring the Word. I I have the privilege of doing a show with Bert Harper, and we're on the the American Family Radio Network. And, you know, we just, we get so many questions from literal listeners. And so we did 100 Bible Questions and Answers. That book did really well. And the publisher came back and said, look, would you do a follow-up volume? And we were praying about it and working on it and going through just folder after folder of hundreds of questions. Uh, we, we actually have over 900 other Bible questions uh, if uh, they maybe want to do more additional volumes. But wow. we, we kind of focus this one on families because there's so much. I, I don't know if you saw this in the news about a week ago sociologists are concerned about our declining birth rate. Um, you know, there's kind of a misnomer that a, a big danger is overpopulation, and that's really not true. What really is a danger is underpopulation. Mm-hmm. And here in America especially, um, we're in danger in a few decades of reaching what they call demographic winter. That um, you know, we're, we are an aging culture, and now there are immigrants, but uh, there are not a lot of not a lot of young people wanting to get married and start families and have children. And so, in this book, one hundred Bible questions and answers for families, there are a lot a lot of questions about a lot of subjects. But we we consciously are trying to lift up and affirm the ethic of family. You know, the family has been under attack for, for since the beginning. And so we know that, that that is one of the things that world leaders that have tried to stamp out, they try, they go for the young people. And we're seeing that. And I know that you see that on a regular basis because our colleges have been inundated and actually now taken over by what is nothing less than Marxist 
uh, philosophy, Marxist thought, Marxist people that are, are really working our young people's minds and turning them into these uh, kids that, like you said, they have no vision for family. They have no vision really for America. And, and that's, oh, yes. that's got to be a concern for us all. Yeah, I, I mean, our our schools have become such a place of indoctrination rather than than education. And you know, even Bill Maher. Okay, Bill Maher, who you know, back in the '90s had the show Politically Incorrect, and Bill Maher has been a liberal, uh, and you know, certainly is no conservative. However. He, he is saying a lot of very true things about wokeness and cancel culture that, you know, liberals tearing down statues of Abraham Lincoln. Now, Abraham Lincoln was a Republican, but as the great emancipator, you know, liberals, Abraham Lincoln was one of their favorite presidents. And Bill Maher was talking about the fact that, you know, uh, classical liberalism like John F. Kennedy or even more recently, like Joe Lieberman, um, you know, they wanted a world that was colorblind, whereas, uh, as Bill Maher points out, wokeness, all they see is race and mm-hmm. color. That's right. And, in fact, it's a reverse, you know, uh, absolute racism against Jewish people and Caucasians, no matter how uh, open-handed and gracious and e- equal they are. And so one of the things that we do in our summer camps, because we do seven summer camps, we had in the summer of 2023, had roughly 1,250 kids in our camps. It was great. 300 prayed to accept Christ, and all the, all the kids, 100%, are deeply concerned for America. And uh, I've got video of, imagine, 300 kids shouting, we are the generation who will restore America. Uh, you wow. know, that's yeah. exciting. But kids want to be told the truth. We have we have middle schoolers and high schoolers that come to our conferences and the camps. And, you know, we, we talk about the Bible and Jesus and Christianity and creation. We talk about America, how America was built, and why America must be uh, preserved. And, you know, we tell kids, look, you, you have a call on your life. And, you know, you might not be called to preach in a pulpit like I was, but you, you're going to be in business or medicine or journalism or broadcasting or, you know, whatever, education. And what you do is you go into your field of endeavor and you take your biblical worldview with you. And that, that was the secret of our nation. And let, let me just say that truth and life, kids enthusiastically respond like thirsty people with cold water on a hot day. I mm-hmm. mean, they love it. And so I want to say to everybody, don't think, don't don't assume that teenagers don't care about truth. They, they really do. And uh, so in this book, 100 Bible Questions and Answers, in our, in our camps, and by the way, the, the website for the camps is equip retreat.org. That's equipretreat.org. And we're in Georgia, Montana, New Jersey, uh, South Carolina, Colorado. But, um, you know, we, we've got to do this. We can't just, ministry to young people can't just be, um, you know, pizza, paintball, and Pepsi. That's right. Although, <laughs> uh, I do those things. You know, uh, we got those are great. You know, I, I, I go down the zip line and jump into the lake from 30 feet above the water, and I do all that fun stuff. But we've got to give them intellectual and spiritual nutrition. Let's pick that up on the other side of the break. I'm up against one right now. Dr. Alex McFarland is my guest, and I'll be back with him in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top-trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. 
No wonder EC Water's air conditioning and heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Visiting today with Alex McFarland. He is an incredible speaker. I've followed Alex for a number of years now, and you'll hear him sometimes on some of the big news shows being interviewed for what he is. Again, he is a speaker to colleges, to young people all over. He loves apologetics, is training people in colleges and everywhere about how to defend their faith and to know more about how to share the gospel with friends and family members. And on top of that, he's an author of over 20 books. He's on the radio. He's on television. Uh, It is such an honor to have you here. At the end of the last segment, we were talking about uh, just the stuff that's going on in in our country and, and what kids are needing today and how the young people of today really are, are hungry and and yet there's they're not going to get filled are they from any other source other than the truth of the gospel of Jesus well, that's true uh and that's true for every human being the only thing that really uh can save our soul expand our mind and fulfill our life is a relationship with the lord jesus christ and and his truth and uh so i'm i'm so honored to be on with you as and, you know, to discuss the state of our world and the need of people, you know? Well, it, it is great to have you, my friend. We Some of these questions, and you mentioned that the, the second work has added now more questions. What are some of the biggest ones that you see today? A hundred questions, yeah. But let's break a few of them out and talk about what do you see that uh, people are questioning today? What are they needing to know? Well, you know, I, I think the biggest thing, is, and this is even true within the church, is that the the Bible is God's word, and we can depend on it. That that the Bible is really, really trustworthy. And I, I mean, just imagine, like with you know, transgenderism and homosexual, um, the mainstreaming of of homosexuality. Uh, it, it's like six thousand years of human history. Uh, marriage, family, throughout the world, throughout history, mom and dad and parenting and loving children, a little boy, a little girl, little boys learn masculinity from dad, little girls learn femininity from mom. Uh, For 6,000 years of recorded history, the family has been the absolute, absolute cornerstone of society. Right. And, I mean, we're living in a time, uh, and this has been building for a couple of decades, but but I'm like, really? Uh, God got it wrong? Uh, God's Word and the law of God written on every human heart? And, you know, six millennia plus of civilized society, that was wrong, and now a new world order populated by atheists that promised us this global utopia. See, see, Mike, I remember back in the uh, early to mid-2000s, you know, I was debating people like Christopher Hitchens mm. and David Silverman mm-hmm. and uh, Michael Shermer of Skeptic Magazine uh, by email corresponding with Richard Dawkins, although he would never consent to a debate. We Continually would meet all of his terms. Even he wanted a hundred thousand dollars. We had somebody that was going to put that money up, and uh, Dawkins wouldn't debate William Lane Craig. Uh, but anyway, the atheists that had a little moment of bravado and fame, oh, they promised us this global utopia, free from the, the shackles of Christianity, and 
over the last 15 years, Christianity in the West has to a degree been watered down and suppressed. And look at where we are. Yeah. Homelessness and, um, you know, in some cities like San Francisco and um, parts of uh, Dearborn, Michigan, and uh, increasingly parts of Atlanta, Georgia, uh, you, you you can't even go through the downtown for the the human waste that's out there. And, you know, we're, we're looking at open borders and fentanyl deaths and suicide being one of the leading causes of death of those under 50 years old. And so I, I guess I have to say, you know, where is this global utopia that we were promised if we could get rid of Christianity and weaken the influence of the church? You know, and it's, course, it's obviously, it's not there. Yeah. There's yeah, no utopia right. there at all. And I find it so ironic on that point, Alex, that comedian Steve Martin in, in a comic act when his banjo playing uh, group that he plays with, they were talking about, uh, and it was all so funny. People were just dying laughing, but he brought up this uh, kind of a song that went along the lines of atheists got no songs. They've got no songbooks. They've got nothing to sing about. That's true. That That's really true because they they really have no hope. You know, I, I debated uh, an imam of Islam, and, you know, we were talking about the fact that Christianity uniquely is a singing faith, a musical faith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as you and I do this show, we're five weeks away from Christmas. And, I mean, you think about the whole wide world loves Silent Night and Hark the Herald Angels Sing and uh, the Hallelujah Chorus from Handel's Messiah and Away in a Manger and Jingle Bells and, uh, you know, from from Irving Berlin and Bing Crosby to Isaac Watts and Joy to the World, uh, it, it's no secret that our most beloved art, literature, and music has Christian themes. Yes, you know, absolutely. From, you know, uh, even in literature, Moby Dick, To Kill a Mockingbird, one of the best-selling children's books of all time, The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. You know, the the story of redemption is really, and, and by the way, this is another show, we could talk about this, but um, I was an English major in my undergrad when I was uh, 21. I became a Christian, and we had studied so much about um, you know, writing and literature and story arc. And there's, you know, a premise, a complication, a crisis, a resolution. And and our most beloved stories, whether they be, you know, Shakespeare or, you know, um, Michael Crichton today or, you know, whomever, um, we love we love at the critical moment when the damsel in distress is rescued, the villain is vanquished, and the hero shows up at precisely the right time. Mike, there's a reason that we love good stories is because we are in the greatest story, which also happens to be reality. That's right. It was a perfect environment. There was the fall. There was the promised Redeemer. Jesus came. Uh, the church age was begun. We're preaching the, the salvation message to the world. Israel was regathered 75 years ago. Um, we're very near the moment when the fallen world systems will be subjugated and the hero of the story will return. That's and right. It's King Jesus. You know, that is not lost on what's going on today. I think a lot of believers who are older like I and even older than I am, uh, they have preached and heard about in church services and Sunday night services where they're studying the Word, studying the book of Revelation. And now a lot of the things that were at one point only heard about in a message, they're actually in the headlines today. And the attack, the the, just the opinions against Israel, in spite of the, the brutality that happened on October 7th, 
in spite of yeah. all of that, it's incredible to see how many people are calling for the very thing that the Bible is has promised. So we are living in a day when it could be sooner than we know, the return of Christ. It, it could happen. Yeah. And, and, you know, for that, I mean, that's exciting, but it's not exciting to see the, the torment and the problems that people are going through. And families are so, in my mind, so un, unneedingly having to face things because they've turned away from God. They've turned away and their eyes and ears are no longer upon the Lord. That's what we need. We need people to preach the message again. And and we need, uh, we need young people to stand up against this culture. And that's what you're helping them do. Well, we're, uh, we feel a calling and the reception that young people show and, and really people of all ages um, is so, so heartwarming to know that, that God is real. And we have, believe me, with apologetics have got compelling reasons to say that uh, God is real. The Bible is true. Jesus Christ is authentic. Yeah. And we have found people of all ages respond to that message. Just think about this. I was on a show um, and a guy called in from Texas. His name was Carlos. And he said that um, he wasn't sure if he knew God. And he said he had prayed, but he, quote, wasn't sure he did it right. And he was, I said, so, so you want to know that God is in your life, that your sins are forgiven. You want to be sure that, you know, heaven forbid, but whenever you die, that you're you're straight with God. He said, yes, exactly. And I said, well, I'm going to share that. I said, but there are certainly there, there are other people that want to be for sure as well. So I share the gospel. Christ died on the cross. We repent. That means we turn from sin mm -hmm. to faith in Christ. And I shared how to pray, and I led in a prayer. And I said, folks, if you prayed that prayer just like Carlos did, and you want to know that you have Christ in your life, I'm, I'm going to send you the little booklet that we give out in all of our crusades and meetings. We'll send you this very same literature. Well, we had, within a minute, 67 people emailed our website. Wow. Within about another hour, about 30 more people did, and in the two weeks, since this particular radio show, we've had about 35 or 40 more people, you know, all in the space of one four or five minute little radio show. We mm -hmm. had, you know, over 100 people indicate that they wanted to have Jesus Christ in their life. And so um, this is an opportunity for the church, really. And I, I think about John Wesley, the founder of Methodism. John Wesley said of the church. Uh, he said, quote, we have nothing to do but the saving of souls. Mm. In other words, this is this is our job. So so let's let's get to it, people. Let's let's tell let's tell sinners how to be born again. That's that's why we're here. Honestly, I know you spend a lot of time talking to these younger people, college age and on down into high school. What about older people, Alex? What do you think about uh, ways that we can encourage people who are grandparents, who are maybe uh, thinking that they're past their prime, thinking that they have no role, but I'm convinced that they can still have a great deal of influence in, in what's going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, to people of any age, but especially to older people, um, let me say, uh, we need you. Please help us. You, you've got wisdom. You've got experience. Um, a lot of our volunteers and our counselors in our camps are senior adults. Mm. And let me tell you, a, a lot of kids, they, they enjoy being around, you know, these wise old people. <laughs> and I, I'm, I don't mean to say old, but Here's the thing. By the way, age is just a number of yeah, yeah. how many times we've ridden around the sun, you know? Yeah. Augustine, one of the one of the smartest mortals that ever lived sixteen hundred years ago, Augustine said that the soul doesn't age. And and I, I really agree. I mean the real you, your your personality, your mind, your your spirit uh that's redeemed in Christ 
the the spirit doesn't age. Mm. Um, now we've, you know, we're under the curse, and there's oxidation and the law of entropy. So yes, our physical body riding round and round and round the sun is subject to degenerative factors. But the the real you, the the identity that you possess as a Christian, that doesn't age. So the reason I guess the reason I say that, Mike, is let's set aside the idea that we ever, you know, get too old, quote unquote, to be used by God. That's you right. Know, we don't. Yeah. I mean, it, the question is not can we use by God, be used by God. The question is, are we usable? You know, is yeah. our heart ready? And I, I would just say that um, I've I've organized conferences, camps, every conceivable ministry scenario, and and I believe middle school and young people love to have conversations with senior adults. I've seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. So plug in, plug in, senior believer. We need you. Well said, and I know that we reach a lot in the villages, a lot of these people that have such wisdom. And, you know, it is, it's so right that, that uh, the Bible has long held on the, the gray hair as a sign of not old age, but of wisdom. And, and the, yeah. the fact that we have so many people who have been very faithful in their lives, very faithful, unlike a lot of people today, these people have fought wars, they have won wars, they have been faithful against things like uh, difficult times of the economy, they've held on to their faith when things weren't going all that well. Now, in this day and age where there's so many who are deconstructing their faith, and that's something I want to talk about in our next segment with you, the young people who have been a part of that deconstruction movement, uh, I, I think that's going to fizzle out personally. I think people are going to see the fallacies of that uh, as as they go along. It's not going to work. But but to our older people that are listening right now, I I appreciate what Alex has said. We need you. Get involved. Begin to pray every day for young people that are in schools. Maybe they're in elementary schools. Let's begin to pray for them and ask God to really burn something in their heart and and get on fire for the Lord. They're going to burn brightly in a day like today because the truth and the light of God is always seen against the darkest of nights. And that's exactly what they have. My guest is Alex McFarland. I'll be back with him in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. You're on The Shepherd. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Alex McFarland is my guest today. I so enjoy the the fact that Alex travels around. He is uh, he's very educated, obviously, and he has this ministry of being able to talk to people on college campuses. And you know, I when I think about what you do and how often you're there, and I know that when you go into a lot of these places, Alex. It's got to be fatiguing on your heart and your your mind because they're not exactly always welcoming you, not everybody there anyway, with open arms, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, I wish I had a dollar for every time I've had a middle finger waved at me yeah, on yeah. American university campuses because, um, you know, we could do a lot of good ministry with that revenue, but... Uh, <laughs> And, you know, I've I've had people scream at me, you know, uh, during open Q&A in front of hundreds of students. Um, But but here's the thing. You know, the word university, it it really, the word uni, U-N-I, means a plurality of ideas. And most American colleges more properly should be called a monoversity because there's just one narrative allowed the woke 
uh, transgender, equitable, diverse narrative, diversity. History is deconstructed. And, and by the way, critical race theory is uh, basically it doesn't matter what you're looking at. You have to evaluate it in terms of the oppressed and the oppressor. Mm-hmm. And that's just – you know, I think about if critical race theory had been this oppressive enforced philosophy – you know, we, we would really not know any truth about history. Some of the greatest, I know I've, I've mentioned this several times, but just one of my absolute heroes is a guy named Will Durant. Hmm. And Will, Will Durant, my, my mentor, I, I know you'll probably remember this name, Norm Geisler. You may have Yes, I have him. heard of him, yeah. Yeah, brilliant guy. He died in 2019, but... When I was in graduate school, I did one of my degrees under Dr. Geisler, a PhD from Loyola, brilliant, genius-level IQ. But Dr. Geisler was a friend of Will Durant, and Will Durant spent 50 years on one project. It was called, came to be known as the History of Civilization. And depending on which set you get, it might be 12 volumes, might be 24 volumes, but I would urge people to buy this. You can find it on online used books for not much. The shipping will cost you more than the books themselves. Mm, and yeah. Will Durant, it was in the late 70s, he was given the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And his history of civilization has been called one of the most important works of history in history. And there, there are certain things in Will Durant's books that I've, I've not found anywhere else about uh, the Middle Ages and the Enlightenment period. But anyway, here, here's my point. Um, from Jesus Christ to Julius Caesar to the American Revolution to, you know, Greece, the fall of Rome, uh, going on in the what was happening in the Asian world and China and the Middle Ages, the development of mathematics. I love history, and history is very important. But here's my point. Um, nowadays, I mean, you can't read history. For, let me give you an example. I've got a world book encyclopedia that was my father's. My, my dad was born in 1925, and he died in 2007. And I've got this old set of world books that I've just kept. It's from about 1931 or 32. Wow. I've also got uh, a, a recent, uh, I think they ceased their print edition probably, I don't know, 17 or 18 years ago. But anyway, if you look in the, first of all, the reading level is just infinitely, well, I'm not going to say infinitely, but noticeably more difficult. The World Book Encyclopedia from the 1930s is very much like an academic upper level reading book mm-hmm. and and remember at the time world book was the 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 dumbed down encyclopedia you know more like encyclopedia britannica was a little a notch or two above it world world book was viewed as kind of the popular level um anyway in the 1930s edition if you look up jesus christ I mean, it, it sounds like it was written by a Baptist preacher. Yeah. They had a good you know, grasp on it, didn't they? Yeah. Jesus Christ was the promised Savior of the world, fulfilled the Hebrew prophecies, um, believed by millions to be the Son of God, and compellingly so. You know. Anyway, you read from like the early 90s, you know, Jesus Christ— uh, figure from history alleged alleged to have lived may have been mythical we don't know and basically can't know anything about him and it, even 20 years ago we were seeing revisionism raise its head if you look at like the american revolution um 75 years ago people knew that it was about the oppression of britain and when when Jefferson wrote in the Declaration, appealing to God for the rectitude of our intentions, yeah, what he what he meant by that was um, 
Britain has violated not just our preferences, but they have violated natural law, objective truth. And if we don't do something, we will answer to God. And if we're in the wrong, we'll answer to God for it. Uh, Well, now, I mean, you can read the American Revolution. Well, white people had an economic experiment to see how they could create a machine by which minorities would be exploited. And it's, it's just wrong. And so like it was in the Dark Ages, like it was in the Middle Ages, like it was in other times, the enclave of literacy and truth will be the Church of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was the Church that taught the world to read. That's, that's a fact. Yep. It was the Church that gave the world movable-type printing. And once again, as liberalism slash wokeness slash enforced secularism has done its best to promote falsehood by suppressing truth, it will be the family of God that has to, again, lead the way in not just salvation, but literacy and truth and wisdom itself. Would you believe that uh, these current leaders in progressive thought, without a doubt in my mind, they underestimate the power of God and the people of God in that regard? Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Because they they don't know God. it's, It's very sad. You know, the Bible talks about having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, religion is thriving. But the knowledge of the true God is is a rare commodity. That's why, you know, when you've got, you know, I'll just say it, you know, people like Andy Stanley uh, that, you know, have made their fortune in the Christian world, yeah. but now affirm gay marriage and say that he, he will not preach from the Old Testament anymore. Those that um, are woke you know, kind of what you might call hipster Christianity Mm -hmm. or emergent Christianity. Um, These people are false teachers that should not have an audience. Um, And and so when you talk about those that underestimate the power of God, there, there are those in the church that underestimate the power of God and really don't understand the authenticity of Scripture. Yeah. Yeah, we've got to go back to the old ways. We've got to leave some of these things. And what you're talking about with Andy Stanley, that really touches into a lot of what, uh, because in, in his teachings for the last number of years, he's managed to step into some stuff that uh, you wonder how in the world, why in the world would he do that? But to say that you're unhitching yourself and you're teaching from the Old Testament. That was a pretty strong indication of the direction that Andy was going. And, uh, you know, I pray for him. His dad, who passed away earlier this year, I wonder what in the world he would be thinking about were he still alive at the recent conference that Andy had. And, you know, I I don't know what uh, the future is going to be like for him. But I did mention earlier, and I would love in just a few moments, we've got about three minutes left, uh, I would love for your thought on what advice you would have to say to parents of kids who are suddenly announcing they're deconstructing their faith. What uh, advice would you have for parents who hear that from their kids? Well, uh, first of all, don't panic. Even though I realize that you know our heart is heavy when when our, our child um, you know is going through a spiritual dry spell, but um, you know Proverbs twenty two six says train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they are old they will not depart from it. And I, I've seen it. I mean we've heard many stories of kids falling away, but we've also heard many stories of kids coming back. That's right. Um, Isaiah 55 says the Word of God does not return void. And so when we plant that seed, you know, culture can sometimes try to conspire and steal away that seed of truth. But 
let me just tell moms and dads, love your child unconditionally. Mm. Now, I often say this, you know, um, if the litmus test for my love is that I deny Jesus, I can't do that. If you draw a line in the sand and say, you know, uh, affirm and celebrate homosexuality or transgenderism, I can't do that because here's the thing. We're called to love our neighbor. And love, again, Augustine defined love as to seek the highest good of another. So homosexuality uh, destroys the body and the soul. I mean, insurance actuarial tables show that gay men and gay women die much, much sooner than their heterosexual counterparts. My goodness, hormone replacement therapy mm-hmm. is, is causing cancer. So I would say, say to your child, look, I, I do love you, uh, and, I, and biblically, I, I seek your highest good, physically and spiritually, but I love Jesus, and if, if you know, I love you, but if the litmus test by which you're going to define love is that I deny God Almighty, uh, that, that's a bridge too far, yep. <laughs> because uh, you didn't die on the cross for me, Jesus did, That's right. and, you know, I've got to stand strong for for the one who gave his life for all of our salvation. But this is a time to be confident, be be firm in the Lord, but don't have a deer in the headlights look. And I know this is hard. The Holy Spirit alone can help us do this. When you're dialoguing with people, you have to be dispassionate. And by that, you know, obviously we're invested, but you can't get rattled. You can't mm-hmm. get riled up, and and you can't get angry, because all of these people, even the most vehement atheists, these these are people that are caught in the crosshairs of spiritual warfare. That's what it is. Yep. Well, that's going to be very encouraging, I think, to parents who hear that. It's a tough thing for them to hear, but we have to keep before us the fact that God is sovereign. He's greater than all of these things, and we serve the Lord who is greater than the enemy. Alex, it's always great to have you with us. Tell us again the website, how people can not only find your book, but stay up with what's going on in your life. Well, God bless you. Um, I'll be at The Cove, the Billy Graham Training Center at The Cove, July 12th through 14th. We'll be teaching First John, uh, the believer's identity in Christ. So you can register for that at thecove.org. That's like our summer camp for grown-ups. Yeah. But then our our youth camps that are all over seven states, Montana, New Jersey, all over. Uh, that website is equipretreat.org. And then of course my tour schedule, and I'll be in Florida soon. Um, you can look at my calendar on alexmcfarland.com. And to everybody listening, I want to preach in your church. So uh, call us, and we'll tailor a conference or a weekend to meet the needs and objectives of your church. And that website is, again, alexmcfarland.com. My friend, it's always great to have you on the show. God bless you. All right. And friends, we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike. 